0: Next, please join me in welcoming to the stage NCI Youth Commission co-presidents, Caleb Dash, a citizen of the Salt River Pima, Maricopa Indian Committee, and Yananawi Logan, deer clan from the Seneca Nation of Indians... <laughs>
1: Hello, I'm thankful you are all well. My name is Yananui Logan. It translates to She Guards the Corn. Uh, I'm Dear Clan of the Seneca Nation. I'm the daughter of Leslie Logan and the late Brad Bonaparte of the Akwesasne Mohawk. I serve as the co president of the NCI Youth Commission. <laughs>
0: Hello, everyone. My name is Caleb Dash, and I come from the Salt River Pima-Maricopa Indian community in Arizona, and I serve as the co-president of the NCI Youth Commission. 21 years and five months ago, I came into this world not knowing anything but learning from my family how to walk, talk, and learn. Here I am now, still learning and growing, with each passing day not knowing what the future holds. Although I am 21, I feel the pains and burdens of living in the 21st century and the struggle Native people continue to face from the federal government and within our nations. For example, there are approximately 9.7 million American Indians that inhabit the United States. 75% of American Indians graduate from high school. 56% of American Indians are homeowners. 75% of reported suicide rates from American Indians were under the age of 44. Murder is the third leading cause of death for American Indian women, which is 10 times higher than that of all other ethnicities. These statistics are the world we live in. They are what we, as natives, have to go through daily. We want the best for our communities, families, and friends. But we must receive more funding from the federal government to support all our nations in efforts to build infrastructure that is vitally needed, such as roads, hospitals, gas stations, schools, fire departments, and so much more. As indigenous people, we are neglected by the federal government and also put at the far end of the table. Growing up, my only fear as a child was losing my family. Now that I am much older, I have more, such as losing my culture, language, and even that great fear only we as native people can relate to, and that is losing our tribal sovereignty. We call upon the United States of America to address our concerns for the funding allocations needed in Indian country and necessary infrastructure, as well as the protection of Indian territories. In doing so, we need to cooperate more for the safety and security of both our people and the world, conserving and preserving the beauty of our lands and making a more sustainable planet for generations to come. It is not only the duty of our people to protect our lands, but that of those who have taken our lands and now inhabit them. We ask the United States government to acknowledge on the record the genocide of our people and the malcontent the United States has kept as they continue to attack our freedom and our nations in efforts to destroy our ways of life. That said, and being a voice of the youth, we also want to invite tribal nations to ask the United States government to call for a ceasefire in Gaza. It is up to us to continue it is up to us to continue to preserve and defend our people and those and help those around the world, because if it were happening here, I'd want as much help as possible from my family. As people of the world, we know that what is happening worldwide also impacts us, and it is our job to help those in need. Lastly, I want to share a story. It was a few years ago when I was a Boy Scout. I had some friends. We got along, joke here and there, just like any other. But one day while we are out camping at one of the Scout camps, one of my friends, we'll call him Joe, and another one of my friends, we'll call him John, They were both talking behind me and a few others, but when we heard a scream behind us, we looked back and we saw my friend Joe hitting our friend John with a rock. We later discovered that behind us, they were making fun of each other when it went too far. Joe was a child and a product of group homes and had many difficulties controlling his emotions. Our other friend, the provocator, was not, but we all knew that sometimes he teased too much and inevitably, it was a powder keg between them. Fortunately, after hearing our friend's screams, we tackled Joe, and afterwards, another friend and I ran for help, while the rest watched over our two friends. When we got help, we immediately took our friend, who was beaten, to a helicopter landing zone to get him to a hospital. We were never the same. Our friend lost his memory and forgot about us, while the other went through the juvenile justice system, and we never saw him again. The reason I bring this story up is to remind everyone here who knows the pains of youthfulness, going through things, whether it be bullying, parental issues, drugs, alcohol, suicide, and so much more. We have a significant problem that we all know. I believe that it begins with our families. They may not be the best, but we must improve and care for one another. The roots of our problems are, yes, in our families, but also in the financial hardships that we have taken through the subjugation of our tribes from centuries of colonization and oppression. We must return to our old ways of living, caring for one another, watching over each other, and helping one another. Whenever my grandparents would tell me stories from back in their day, they'd always tell me how kind people were to one another. Whether it be waving at each other at stop signs, watching each other's kids, or helping each other through addictions and building homes together, it is what we need to do. Always remember to be kind and live like it's your last day, because we do not know what the future holds. So make the most of it now and create a future for us that is sustainable, prosperous, and beautiful. That's all.
1: I stand before you today with a profound sense of responsibility and a deep commitment to shedding light on a critical and often overlooked matter, the state of Indigenous youth. The young people of Indian Country have strong convictions and passionate voices, yet our messages are often ignored and diminished. The tapestry of Native American youth is woven with both the memory of our land and ancestors and the stark realities of contemporary life in America. My duty as co-president of the National Congress of American Indians Youth Commission and a youth leader is to ensure that our collective message is heard and our priorities reverberate across the waters and lands of Indian country. A few weeks ago, I returned from a study abroad program in Ecuador, a once peaceful country strafed by narco-terrorism and internal war. As my family anxiously worried and awaited the safe return of their young Ananduaka daughter, my worry was focused on the indigenous communities I was safely departing. Amid a national crisis m- marked by drug exploitation seeping into their borders, these communities, scarred by negative media depictions of their country, struggled to sustain the ecotourism industry. Many communities have invested generations of land, labor, and financial resources in ecotourism as a critical part of their economy. This is just one challenge facing indigenous peoples around the world. Native youth are committed to tackling the issues and challenges in Indian country, but our conscience and concerns are not narrow. Our focus is expansive and global. Native youth care deeply and give space, time, and support to the collective and mutual liberation of oppressed indigenous people worldwide. Our generation is devoting our time, attention, and resources to ending the genocide in Gaza, where the death toll has risen to 28,000 Palestinians, half of whom are youth. Beyond social media posts, Indigenous youth have facilitated a community of solidarity, organizing protests, fundraisers, hunger strikes, and healing circles for the cause. As Native and Indigenous youth, we are told time and time again by our community and tribal leaders, use your voice, use your platform, have convictions and support important causes. Some might claim that the youth don't care that their phones and trivial pursuits consume them, but I'm here to tell you we are not disaffected indifferent, or incapable. We cannot remain silent or pay no heed to the massacre in Gaza when our ancestors suffered a similar genocide. And whether experienced in our past or we see the actual happening here, genocide is genocide, and it should always be condemned. We indigenous youth are compelled to support this important cause by speaking out and calling attention to genocide, a shared horror that is, central, that is a central part to our painful history. In the Clinton-Sullivan Scorched Earth campaign, our villages and crops were burned, women and children were killed, and the Haudenosaunee were removed from our ancestral homelands. In the Oka crisis of 1990, the Canadian government denied the Gehaga human rights and violence ensued over 78 days. The Osage reign of terror continues today while they fight for mineral rights and the ongoing consequences of loss of land and rights to non-natives. Tourism in Hawaii has displaced Native Hawaiians and destroyed natural resources, contributing to the Maui wildfires that have devastated the Native communities. We are not just familiar with what we see unfolding in Gaza, the forced displacement, extraction of resources, demolition of culture and demonization of our identities, and the raping and murdering of our people. It is a part of us, historically through our ancestors and presently through our traumas, through stories of such atrocities. The reinstallation and prioritization of our cultural practices and resources are necessary for breaking down systems of oppression and exploitation. Youth recognize that. I am proud of my cousins who have committed their lives to language on the Tanawanda Seneca territory and are actively preserving oral traditions. Our youth are closing the generational gap from a time when our people were shamed and abused for speaking their language in the Indian residential schools. We know the power of our language because without it, we lose our climate solutions, our stories, and ourselves as Ongwe As a mark of respect to Black History Month, we revisit Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s sentiments recently posted by NCI in support of the relentless fight for shared justice and equality, transcending racial boundaries that continue to inspire much of modern day advocacy for Native rights. As mentioned, NCI remains dedicated to championing his dream of a more just and equitable world. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. reminds us that injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. While NCAI prioritizes issues at home, there remains a responsibility to oppose glaring injustices and human rights violations. NCAI defends sovereignty and seeks to protect rights and advocate for the needs of tribal communities. The very mission of NCAI is to uphold and support indigenous peoples collectively. Let us move on from when it was easier to remain in an echo chamber's safe and comfortable confines and become more aware of the issues beyond our backyard. Our advocacy must go beyond Turtle Island, even when our calls to action become uncomfortable and hard to swallow. I'm not here to speak on issues we are all too familiar with. We all know the needs of the communities we come from, and we are all aware of the solutions we need for a future our ancestors dreamed of. I am here to challenge those of you who can relate to dig deep, because that's where the real solidarity work comes in. That's what it means to be a good relative. In compliance with the press release published by the Center for Native American Youth, we ask Congress to pass legislation calling for a permanent ceasefire and an end to US military aid to Israel. This includes introducing or supporting legislation such as House Resolution 786, which calls for a ceasefire in Palestine. The restoration of clean and running water, fuel, medical supplies, and humanitarian aid to Gaza, The protection of doctors, nurses, medical staff, and Palestinian journalists. The protection of students advocating for Palestinian liberation at colleges and universities nationwide. From Indian country, our native youth demand. Tribal leaders call for a ceasefire through resolutions like that of the Red Lake Band of Chippewa Indians. Native organizations must withdraw from sponsorships that companies that are actively funding genocide Indian country must give space for global issues of systemic oppression. Being indigenous to this land, we are still healing from genocide that was inflicted on our more than 500 communities in countless ways and justified by the church, divine power, law, and policy. Through grief and trauma, we are abundantly mindful of our history and our ancestors' sacrifices to hold on to land, culture, and our people. We know that the gen- journey to liberation is not easy or comfortable. The first step toward global liberation is to extend our allyship, to be good relatives beyond Turtle Island. This we know: a bundle of arrows tied together cannot be broken. Together, let us ignite a conversation that transcends rhetoric and transforms into a meaningful action that uplift, empower, and amplify the voices of Indigenous youth domestically and around the world. Yowei, thank you. <laughs>
0: Thank you, Co-President Dash and Co-President Logan. As we draw draw close to the end of today's historic gathering, I extend my deepest gratitude to each and every one of you for being here, making the effort to be here, at this 2024 State of Indian Nations. Thank you for standing with us, for sharing this journey, and for your unwavering dedication to Indian Country. On behalf of the NCAI, we look forward to seeing you this week throughout the conference. Safe travels.